Hi there and thanks for joining us. Lots coming up on this week's podcast. A little later, we'll hear from the Cork company that's created a supplement for your stomach that helps reduce stress. Old people like me remember the Wombles of Wimbledon Common. Well, it turns out there is an equivalent and it's in McCroom. But first, one of the biggest events staged in the county every single year. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business Podcast with CompuB, building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com. First up on this week's Red Business, it is the summer, so it is time to talk about the Cork Summer Show. And Ger Murphy of Munster Agricultural Society is with us. How are you, Ger? I'm very good, Jonathan. Uh, I always think of you guys at this time of year because it was you went through a bad phase where it rained a lot and there was a real will they won't they and then in some years you had to call it off the sun that has been splitting the stones must be manna from heaven for you it is it is it is a, a very positive sign and uh, the conditions are good underfoot is good the ground is dry people are in positive forms they're inclined to come out uh, we are conscious that it doesn't get too hot 26 28 degrees people get nervous in ireland but no, it's a good temperature at the moment, and there is a massive positive air about the show this year. Building on the strength of the fact that we actually had a good summer last year, and we had a positive air last year. So we're going from one positive year into another positive year. And when, look, you couldn't have asked for a better run-up to it. We don't know what the weather is going to be like yet on the 16th and the 17th, but fingers crossed. How big is the show this year? The show this year... Um, Physically, it's we're containing it within the same um, spectrum, the within the hundred acres site as we had last year, with roughly 45, 50 acres of it in dedicated parking on the site, and the rest is the show itself. Uh, trade stands are actually up now. I don't have a final figure that we're going to start, but I did get a communication there earlier today that this morning there was twenty-two new trade stands came on between nine a.m. and twelve noon. So people are actually that was a shocking figure. Like we never had that kind of. Um, Mad rush. Uh, they're going to come in at somewhere over the 200 stands and it could go a lot higher. I have no idea where it will stop. We have. And, and what's, what's mad about that is that you have such a variety there. You've got food, you've got flowers, farming. There's even a stand about drones this year, I understand. So how, how do you manage to draw that level, to, that level of interest to something which is primarily an agricultural show? Um, very hard. <laughs> very hard being putting straight about it. It takes a, a lot of effort, and we have a very strong volunteer committee involved in an awful lot of t- that take aspects of it and drive it on. Um, what we find is by building small nuclear teams, the teams can take it and and grow it. So this year, for instance, the floral art is making a major comeback compared to where it has been for the last number of years. Uh, horticulture is getting an almighty big drive. Um, Taste of Cork is rowing in with the food. There, outside of Taste of Cork, there's other foodies there. DIY Grow at Your Own project, uh, which has gone national, is rolling in as well. And um, it's a combination of all these pieces coming together. I remember, because I would have grown up not too far away from the showgrounds, so going to the showgrounds in God knows fairly dilapidated uh, conditions that you ended up with down there towards the end, but it was always this sense of a great family occasion. And for townies like myself to see sheep 
and to see cattle judging, it was all a bit mad. I mean, you still trade on that madness. Absolutely. But just in case you think you and I are different, I am a Tony also. Born, bred and reared in Cork City, OK? Well, that's OK. So we're, we're in it together that we don't know what's going on. But thankfully, there's lots of people who do. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I remember going to the show and I remember the the show being very strong down in Ballon Temple when I was a kid. And then I remember that it went downhill and went downhill. And I guess over the last 10 years, um, we've been building, it's been built, we're building it up. We're driving it on. And the the uh, approach is that all the, all the particles have to work as a team. And it's a team effort. So it's all the different pieces coming together. No one piece will survive on its own. So they all have to work together and it works towards the show. It's not saying we're just the horses, we're just the food, we're just the cattle. Everyone works together with the result that the demographics of the crowd is quite interesting. Um, we had a survey done last year on site. We thought we were gone very um, urban orientated, right? And that the crowd was, the crowd was very gone, very urban orientated. And the independent survey, which was carried out without our knowledge, came back and said that um, we, the surveyors, were surprised. It was carried out for one of our supporters in the agricultural side. were surprised and shocked by the level of agricultural involvement in the show as well from the public. Mm. So, Which is great to see that it's still there. Uh, in terms of money, though, Ger, how much is this worth to the local economy? Has anyone ever done a calculation on, on what these two days of the Cork Summer Show mean to businesses, not just who are on site, but who are nearby? Uh, nobody's ever sat down and brought all the jigsaw pieces together. But if you go on board, file the guidelines on these events and that kind of stuff, we're probably talking about an injection into the city and county area of several million euros. Like we have, it, we have an issue in the country already where one of the major agricultural shows in the country didn't run last year, it hasn't run this year, and it's not going to run next year, as far as I can make out. And there are other shows around the country under threat. The only show that is comparable with us in the amount of areas and activities that we cover on the two days, and remember now, we've had to take show jumping out to a separate two days in July. Pedigree dogs have been taken out to a separate day in July simply because of scale. We just can't fit them all on the site, even though we're using 50 acres of competition area. Uh, is... Um, Balmoral show in Northern Ireland held in May. And that, okay, and that's know. that's not a bad comparator to go up against. Two people who want to head out there on the weekend that is the Cork Summer Show, which is the 16th and the 17th of June. What's the key information they need to remember? Come early. Because if you come late, you'll be disappointed in the sense that you'll be going away and you won't have got around. Come early and relax. There is three methods of transportation out there. You can get the 208 bus, which is, runs right through the city. It starts up the back end of the Mayfield, goes right through the city. That is actually coming in physically onto the site. The second one is you can drive out to the site. There is roughly 45 acres of car parking on the site. And the third option is the shuttle bus. No, the shuttle bus is free. The shuttle bus runs on a counterflow against traffic, so it actually bypasses the traffic to get in there. We have a, a counterflow system for them. Uh, the shuttle bus runs from Bellingcolic Shopping Centre, which we're grateful to Bellingcolic Shopping Centre for on their support. It runs from the Park and Ride in Kinsale Roundabout, which, uh, support, which we have the support of Cork City Council. And on Sunday, as a backup, Bordnagon facility in Corrie Greyhound Track comes on board on a Sunday. 
So we can park in any three locations and get the shuttle bus in. And the shuttle bus is actually an express bus in the sense that it doesn't get stuck in the traffic. Well, we hope. (laughs) You hope so. Well, all we can say is we hope that there will be numerous children of Prague put out uh, to ensure that the weather stays good. In the meantime, all we can say is enjoy the preparations and the very best luck. Red FM, big supporters of the Cork Summer Show. Ger Murphy of the Munster Agricultural Society. Thanks so much for joining us and the very best of luck to you. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you and thank you very much. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business. Improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com Now, my next guest on Red Business works uh, as part of a national programme that deals with people's rubbish, effectively, or the bits that are left over that they don't need anymore, but uses them in a very clever and intelligent way. Michelle Green of Smile Resource Exchange. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. Um, we, we generate an awful lot of rubbish and waste in our office. And in fact, some of the stuff isn't even rubbish. It's mm-hmm. just things that may have outlived their usefulness or no longer have a home. And and you're f- finding ways of using that. Is that the best description? Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. I suppose basically what we do, we're a, I suppose we provide a platform to connect companies where a potential waste in one organisation could be reused as a raw material or a byproduct in another organisation. So we're we're trying to get businesses to rethink what their waste, uh, rethink their waste, and to try and maximise the value from the waste that they have. So really, to try th- that there is no waste that you know waste can be reused in various different forms by other organisations. So what kind of stuff are we talking about here? So well, wide ranging. I suppose we deal with organisations, SMEs, um, hotels, um, and multinationals. So I mean, there's kind of I suppose to give simple examples. Um, you know, even simple things like furniture and office furniture. Last week we had a company ring us. They were doing a refurb of their office and they had 56 desks and, you know, um, chairs and everything that went with that. They were still in perfectly working order, but for some reason they were doing a refurb. So they rang us and said, you know, is there any other organisations that might be interested? For simple things like that, we'd often get like, you know, 10, 20 phone calls quite quickly after we send out a mail shot. So really it's up, we, we, we provide the company then with the details of who's interested and they discuss themselves who might be interested. So do they have to pay for the privilege of the stuff being taken away or how does it work? Well, it, we're just a facilitator so we connect companies. So we're just trying to provide that kind of connection between the companies and then they agree between them. Now, we're, we're not like Dundee where we're offering a, a service for people to try and sell stuff. It's more that we're trying to connect them where someone genuinely doesn't want it and they're happy to give it away for free. It depends where the companies are based that they'll arrange an agreement themselves whether uh, one person, if they're getting it for free, they might arrange the collection themselves. Yeah, and in other like words, they send Johnny down with the van exactly. and Johnny loads up the chairs yeah, and brings absolutely. them away or, or, yeah. or, 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 or whatever the case may yeah. be. Uh, a lot of the waste that's generated is because we want shinier things, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, like when you, when, so. when you say 56 desks were being thrown out, yeah. it's probably because they had a desk with a new type of plug or you could have a USB port on it and they wanted those desks as opposed to the the, the, the older desk. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes you find, you know, um some desks are larger and they might try to you this particular company was in Dublin and it was coming to a company in Limerick. So they were trying to probably squeeze maybe more people into the, the office as well. So the desks were maybe too large. So there's often various reasons that mm. they're essentially not actually waste. What what's funny about this is is you are based in McCroom in the E Enterprise Centre, but yeah. you are not at McCrumpian in your outlook. You're you're no. more prone to uh, moving stuff from Donegal to Dublin yeah. uh, as much as you are from McCroom yeah. to Ballyvorney. Well, I guess Ireland is so small in terms of waste that it has to work on a national level. 
Um, now, great if we can find synergies within Cork, but really when you're looking at um, economies of scale and volumes and continuity of supply, you need to kind of look at Ireland and often actually we have synergies with companies in Northern Ireland and even sometimes in Europe as well because sometimes we just don't have the volume to, to warrant kind of, our, our, you know, the choice in Ireland to be able to facilitate those synergies. How did you come up with this idea? So the idea kind of stemmed from McCroom Enterprise Centre, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Cork County Council. So about 10 years ago that um, McCroom E was set up to support, I suppose, businesses in the McCroom E, in the McCroom area when a large multinational came uh, closed down. And they set up Cork County Council with Enterprise Ireland and a number of um, other stakeholders set up uh, an enterprise centre. And the idea was that it was an enterprise centre, but they would also educate people on environmental issues as well. And out of that, then they kind of looked at educating them on waste, educating businesses on waste. So I suppose the idea grew then and we kind of approached the National Waste Prevention Programme, which is funded by the Environmental Protection Agency. And they provided funding for, for us to kind of do a pilot event in terms of we started off by just bringing businesses together mm. and just getting them to talk face to face to see would they be able to identify synergies. I'm about to wander into an area yeah. now that's potentially dangerous okay. because I, I, I don't know how old you are looking at right. Yeah, okay. but I'm guessing you're not going <laughs> to get young. this reference, right? You're like the Wombles. The Wombles used to go around Wimbledon Common picking up stuff and finding yeah. uses for it. Are you like yeah. the Wombles? Are you the McCroom version of the Wombles? Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's we're, we're going back to years ago when people were doing this. And, you know, reuse is something that probably our grandparents did a lot better than as a generation well, that we do. It had to fall apart before they threw it out. Yeah, exactly. Whereas nowadays it's different. Yeah. And I, I like the idea, you know, you link hospitals with re- retirement homes to reuse yeah. beds. You, you, you have unwanted AstroTurf. Maybe it just has been replaced by a newer AstroTurf and some community centre somewhere will absolutely yeah. love that idea. How and do people get involved if they want to? So people just have to log on to our website, smileexchange.ie or call us, um, all our details are on the website. So it's it's offered for free because it's funded, as I said, by the Environmental Protection Agency, um, Cork County Council, Cork City Council and the, the Waste Management Region. So the Southern Waste Region is the region for, for Cork. So basically they're providing this for, for, for free for companies so they can just register on the website. And then I, I guess if people just have identified something that they want to get rid of or that they have a need for something, just to kind of call us and we'll do our best to try and match them up with someone else. Uncle Belgravia would be so proud yeah. of everything that you've achieved down there in Recruit. Michelle Green uh, of Smile Resource Exchange. It's smileexchange.ie. Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com. And now on Red Business, we have moved to the surroundings of University College Cork on a beautiful summer's afternoon. And we are with Professor Ted Dynan uh, of the APC Microbiome Institute at UCC on a day that they're launching a particularly interesting project that's been a long time in the making, Ted. That's probably the best description. Indeed, we've been working on the gut microbes for uh, over 15 years now here in, in UCC. And one of our objectives was to develop a, a, a microbe that might have a benefit for individuals who are experiencing significant stress. Um, and we've, lo- we've worked with many different microbes over the years. We, we, we term 
microbes that have a positive mental health benefit. We call them psychobiotics. Now, most probiotic bacteria, when you give them to people, they have no impact on, on, on stress responses at all. So we've loads of, of negative studies where we, we, we find uh, microbes doing little or nothing. Not on the cutting room floor, but the odd time you get the good one. Exactly. And one particular uh, such probiotic is a bifidobacterium longum. The strain is 1714. There are dozens of, of bifidobacteria longums out there, but this particular strain, 1714, we've been working with now, uh, Professor John Cryan and I, for the last six or seven years, and it has enormous potential, really, in terms of helping individuals to deal more appropriately with stress. Uh, stress, obviously, is something we all experience, and up to a certain level, it's clearly a good thing, I suppose, if one is doing an exam, a bit of stress doesn't, doesn't negatively impact one. But obviously, beyond a certain pivot point, stress can be, can be very negative. Uh, um, the way it was described to me once by somebody was that we know, are familiar with the phrase of butterflies in the stomach when you're nervous, yes. And, yes. and that's what the gut... Uh, brain access does is the butterflies in the stomach reflect the stress that's in your head. Indeed, indeed. And microbes in the gut do communicate with the brain. Now the brain communicates with the microbes as well so there's a two-way process of communication. And the microbes within the gut communicate with the brain through a nerve that many of your listeners may have heard of, the vagus nerve. It's a long meandering nerve that connects the gut and the brain. So signals go up there. If you hit it properly like Dr. Spock in Star Trek you can actually knock someone out of it. Absolutely, indeed, that is very true, absolutely. And there are other communication routes as well, like bifidobacteria can produce tryptophan, and listeners may be familiar with, you know, the obviously with serotonin and the fact that antidepressants act on serotonin, the modern day antidepressants. But serotonin is made from tryptophan. Tryptophan is the amino acid that gives rise to serotonin in our brain. And we need a constant dietary supply of tryptophan. And bifidobacteria actually produce tryptophan. So we showed many years ago that if you took a bifidobacteria, that the levels of tryptophan would actually increase in the plasma. So uh, you've taken what was a theory, you've put it into a product, and and for the first time, it's actually available for sale. So this is where the business element of this comes in. This is a marketable product that people will be able to take as effectively a psychobiotic that will make them feel better. Indeed. No, it's a, it's a core company that are developing it. Um, we did the science in, 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 in UCC. And uh, yes, you, you're right. I, I think, you know, it, it probably is the first product to come along that is has some real solid science behind it because, I mean, so many claims are made for products on the market that are probiotic. And of course, really, there's little in the way of science to substantiate a lot of the claims. But I think that, you know, Bifidobacterium uh, longum 1714, that specific strain... Actually, you, you've, you have a trade name, so that, that's yeah. used the trade name. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> the trade name is Zenflor. It's Elementary Health are, are, are marketing it, and, and Zenflor is the trade name. And it really, you know, in a placebo-controlled setting, does have an impact on stress. And when people take it, as opposed to when they've taken a, a placebo, they can distinguish active from placebo and interestingly enough if we look at cortisol which of course is the main stress hormone in man when any of us are stressed cortisol levels go very very high and of course in disease situations like depression cortisol levels can be exceedingly high um, now when, when what we found in our studies is that when healthy subjects and I stress healthy subjects we weren't de dealing with disease here when healthy subjects took the bif 
Longham, the, the Zen floor, the cortisol levels in the morning, their cortisol levels were significantly reduced. So they felt less stressed, which was their subjective feeling, but objectively, their cortisol levels were so considerably reduced. Oh, yeah. You have been a scientist all your career, yeah. and you know you, you've slaved in labs, and you mentioned yeah. all that was on the cutting yeah. room floor. Yeah. To see this product actually come through to fruition, to see all yeah. the hard work, you know, people mightn't view the scientist in the lab as the yes. same as the guy who's the engineer um, yeah. in the factory. But sure. it, there's a close link. There must have been extensive, extreme satisfaction that this had come off. Yeah, it, the, the, yes, I, absolutely. Um, you know, over the years, I suppose, I've worked with a lot of different drugs for various diseases. I've looked at various bacteria over the last 10 to 15 years. And, and many of these studies have been negative and very few products have reached market and of course this is true with people whether one's working in universities or working in a pharmaceutical company most products do not ever never see the light of day you know so it is it is actually you know a source of uh, a certain amount of joy to see uh, uh, something actually reach the market as a, as a fully developed product and, and when you see this product actually being on the shelves yeah. and like there was the other product Alflorex which was a, a, yes. a similar type of probiotic was, yeah. and that you would have worked on as well yeah. what's it like I mean I always say to authors when when you're an author and you yeah. walk into the airport and you see your book on the shelf, do you get a sense of pride? When you walk into a pharmacy and you see your products there, do you go, okay, they, I, as a businessman, I succeeded as much as I did a scientist? Indeed, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I, I suppose I've done the science. I, I, I wish I owned the product. Maybe I might be, I might be even happier if I did. But uh, no, it, it, is a, it is a good sense of satisfaction to see a product on, on the shelves in any pharmacy. That's for sure. Well, Congratulations to all the scientists who were involved and the best luck. Uh, the product again is? Zenflor. Zenflor, and it is available now. And certainly if you, if you are under that little bit of pressure, maybe it's worth giving a go. Ted Dynan uh, of University College Cork, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. My thanks to all my guests this week. Don't forget, if you and your company want to feature, you can. Just drop us an email to redbusiness at redfm.ie. Neil Hennessy produced, and we'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com.